Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited for the word. I'm excited to be here. I haven't been here in, in a while, and it's just so amazing for me to once again be on site for worship. For those of you online, welcome to the service. Uh, you know, uh, it's good uh, wherever you are, and obviously you're led by God, whether you want to go out of your homes or not. But I do encourage you, for those who are online, we have so much space in the room. It's good to be in the room. All right, so maybe in the next few Sundays, we can see you all here again, be led by the Spirit of God. We know the presence of God is everywhere. He is here on site, here in the main, here in the back balcony where people are, but He's also in your homes. So I believe that with all my heart. But again, we do want to encourage you, there is room in the house for you. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, how many of you are ready for the Word? I know I am excited. I'm excited to bring in the Word today and... Uh, um, Closer, that's actually the title of my message, which is so apt because we uh, had the first weekend of our life conference, which was totally amazing. This was packed. I mean, and when I say packed, packed to like with health protocols and all that, but we had the balcony packed, you know, we had the floor packed and it was amazing. It was wonderful seeing all the young people and the young uh, adults, which you are all included. Yes, we are all young in the spirit, you know, but get closer to God. And so we had that last weekend and they were asking me the title for my message and I said, closer. I mean, ano pa ba naman magiging title ng message mo, right? But closer. So I want to talk about that. And last week, uh, Pastor Stephen preached a, a beautiful message. A beautiful message on, uh, you know, what's your sign? <laughs> what's your sign? And I was waiting. I was listening to his message. Come on. Aquarius, Aquarius. Because I'm an Aquarian. Just an air sign, you know. And I was so into that before I got saved. And I'm an air sign. He was going through all the, uh, you know, the attributes of an Aquarian. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he said, rebel. And I said, yep, that, that, that was me before Jesus. I can be a little bit of a rebel. I can be like a little bit. Just a little bit. But in talking about that, what's your sign? And I loved his fourth point, which is being an image bearer, right? And I went, wow, that is such a perfect opening for my message. So, you know, let's just go there in Mark 12, 16 to 17 in the New King James Version. Okay, and, and we'll read from what Pastor uh, Stephen read, the, the, the last verse that he read on his fourth point, you know, about give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And it says here, he said to them, you know, they were asking about, you know, uh, who do we pay taxes to and all that, you know, the context. So they brought a coin. He asked for a coin. And he said to them, whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus answered and said to them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. So I went through commentaries. I went through, you know, on that. Yeah, yeah, what does it really mean? And one commentary actually says this. This is, you know, kind of like a paraphrase commentary. It says here, the coin bears the image of the emperor Caesar. So you should pay the emperor his portion. But because you bear the image of God, you must give back to God all that belongs to him. Whoa. And they were utterly stunned by Jesus' words. We know that they marveled. 
So what's implied in the text is that the coin belongs to Caesar because the coin bears his image, but because we bear his image and likeness, we belong to God. Oh, I love that. I was just like moony moony on that point. You know, it's just like, wow, you know what? We belong to him. We bear his image and likeness. And I love it. Uh, you know, it says, return to God what bears his image. I think that's how Pastor Stephen put it. Return to God what bears his image. Return to God. And th that just got to me because God is saying that. Return to me. Come to me. Come closer. And again, these, are, these words are not just for those who turned away from God and are out there somewhere. These are not just words for those who were backslidden. But I believe these are also words for those who have forgotten who they are. These are words to those who have forgotten what they have in Christ. And yes, they're Christians and they're probably not out there rebelling, you know, and all that. But they've forgotten some things. And God is saying, return to me. Come to me. Come closer. These, this invitation is as much for the prodigal. Remember Pastor Giselle's message? It is as much for the prodigal as it is for the son in the house. Come closer. You know, so what is he saying? Return to me. It is for those who, again, quoting from the message last week, return to me for those who have set up shop with a glimpse and shadow of the truth. It's like we know a little bit of truth and we camp there. And God is saying, no, no, I want to bridge the gap. There's that gap. I want you to experience and know my fullness. That's what he's saying. Come closer to me. This invitation is for those who have settled for substitutes. Things that they thought would give them joy and peace and happiness. And they've settled for that. And God is saying, no, I have something much more for you. So come closer. That's an invitation. It is for those who have allowed the voices of the world, the voice of social media, who have allowed their emotions to dictate how they respond, who they are, instead of allowing the Spirit of God to tell them who they really are. This invitation is for those who have that. Come to me. Follow me. Return to me. I remember Pastor Paul preaching a message in that. Come to me. Follow me. Return to me. Three themes that are recurring over and over again in every parable, in every story, in every word that Jesus says, this is the theme. Come closer. And it's to him. He said, come to me, follow me, return to me. It's to him. It's not to religion. It's not to a set of beliefs. It's not to doctrine, although good doctrine is important. But he's saying, return to a person. Return to me. Come closer. And one of my favorite invitations is in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Matthew 11, 28 to 30, I remember during LifeCon, I think Justine was the one who used this verse to pray for the youth. and Because the youth right now, you know, they're faced with so many things, a lot of stress, you know, they're online for all their requirements and all of that. And she prayed this verse out. And this verse is one of my favorite invitations to come closer to God. So Matthew 11, 28 to 30, come to me. Come to me. Again, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How many of you need rest right now? And I'm not just talking about 
physical rest, although it's very good. But rest for our minds, our will, our emotions with everything that's going on. And he said, if you come to me, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Say, learn from me. So in the coming to Jesus, there is a walking with him. There is a doing life together with him. But there is also a learning from him. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'll read it from the message, which is a paraphrase. All right, I like how it's said here. And it's a paraphrase. It says the same verses. Are you tired? Worn out? Some of you here. Burn out on religion? Demands? You know, performance? I need you to perform. You're burnt out on that. What is Jesus saying? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. So there is a walk and there is a work. And there is a learning that comes from walking with Jesus. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. He says, I, I love this. He says, he's not going to lay anything heavy on us. He's not going to lay anything that's ill-fitting, that's like, oh, ano ba ito? He says, we're going to learn to live freely and lightly. And maybe some of you say, oh, my goodness, this walk with the Lord is so hard. And I'm not saying it's not challenging. Obviously, I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes we put it upon ourselves, the, 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 hardness of it. It's like it's so hard to walk with God because when you're yoked, and he says, take my yoke upon you. When you're yoked with someone, when you're yoked with Jesus, when you're going in the opposite direction of that who you are yoked with, it's really hard. The only reason it's hard to walk with God is if we are walking in the opposite direction. That's the only reason. I'm thinking like, but if we're walking with the Lord, yes, it might be challenging because you're learning some things. Maybe the pace is quicker, slow, whatever it is. And it can be challenging to forgive. It can be, you know, to put down the flesh. But it's not as hard as if you're just going the other direction. It's like, eh, you know, parang nakakasagal talaga tong Christian life. Sasakal ako eh. Excuse me, because, you know, you're going that way and Jesus wants you to go this way. But if you went with Jesus this way, he's saying you're going to live freely and you're going to live lightly. Amen. So God is calling his image bearers closer to a closer relationship with him. God wants to teach us how to live as image bearers. All right? He wants to teach us how to live. We've been talking about living by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. Pastor Edwin talked about that. Pastor Joey, then Pastor Stephen. And what God wants is he wants to teach us every day. Okay, this is not like a, a curriculum wherein like six months, you're done, you know what to do. This is something that we get to learn with him, amen, with him every day. He wants to teach us to live as image bearers. He wants to teach us to live as sons and daughters. He wants to teach us to live as royalty. Not as beggars. Not as those who are on the fringes of an inheritance. He wants us to live right smack in the middle of what he has already given us. As royalty, amen, hallelujah. So he says, come to me, you know. I, I love the amplified version. It says, I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. 
You will find relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet. Whoa. Like a very close second is Baraka, you know. Like Jesus finding rest and then Baraka, ease and quietness of soul. Like very, very close second, right? But this is what Jesus wants for us. Amen. Hallelujah. So in this closer relationship, God himself, not an angel, not any created being, but God himself wants to teach us things. That's why he says, I'm bridging the gap. I want you closer to me. He said, learn from me. I will show you how to take a real rest. What God does is he puts us, all right, listen to this, church. He puts us in a completely different space to learn that's different from the world. Because the world has its own way of learning. And obviously, you know, if you want to learn architecture, you want to learn education, and that's all good, that's important. But the world will never teach you about the kingdom. And that's where we live. Now, under, I can understand we are in this world, so obviously you have to learn some things, right? But we are not of this world. And there is a different place where God wants to put us so we can learn from Him, and it is a place of rest. Because that place is different from the world. The pace is different from the world. The pace where God wants to place us in. Guess you can only learn from a place of rest. Let me say that again. You can only learn from a place of rest. How many of you hear that when you're cramming for an exam, it does not work? Well, maybe for some it does. But when you're like stressful, nothing's get going into your mind, right? You have to sleep. And then when you sleep, it's like, okay, now everything is like, okay, now I can memorize better when you're rested and all that. So you cannot learn from a place of, you know, like fear and anxiety. You learn, especially when you're learning the ways of the kingdom. You learn from a place of rest. Amen. We are not of the world and we will never be because we are in Christ. Let me say that again. We are not of the world and we never will be because we are in Christ. We are not trying to keep up to speed with the world because the world is stressful, but the word is restful. So that's, that's the place. We have to shift. We have to shift our learning to a different space. We need wisdom from above to walk out and live out as royalty, as sons and daughters to God. We need wisdom from heaven. We need to get the answers we need from God. Come on. Not from the world. And again, I'm not talking about education. I'm talking about kingdom living. We can't get that from the world. That's why I, what I love about our conferences is that we are not afraid to talk about the hot taboo topics. Because so many times the churches are afraid to talk about sex. They're afraid to talk about drugs. They're afraid to talk about all these things that are like, oh, no. No. Why? Because if we don't teach our children in the church, if we don't teach our people in the church about topics like that, subjects like that, guess who's going to teach them the world? But we need to get our perspective with regards to these topics from the word, not the world. So we shouldn't be afraid to encounter these things and we shouldn't be afraid to face them head on. These are the times when the world has to know where we stand. There's, it's a different way to live. We live as royalty, amen. And what worldly learning does is it confines us. But when we learn from the word, it actually frees us. 
That's what happens. So we have to change our focus. Amen? So what is that space? What is that place? That's in Christ. In Christ is the space where we learn from. That's why God is saying, come closer in Christ. Because people have forgotten who they are. That, that's why we're teaching about living in the spirit. Why? Because that's the only way we can live victoriously on the earth. Amen. It's the only way we can live in peace. It's the only way we can live in victory. And how God does this, and I love how God does it. That is so different from, you know, like education and formal learning and world. Is he does it through relationship. God teaches us through relationship. And you know, relational learning is very slow. Well, not very slow, but it's slow. It's not fast-paced. Like I said, it's not like one year you're done. Two years you're done. No. Relational learning is slow. Why? Because it takes time to get to know someone. It takes time to build trust. It takes getting closer to someone to build a relationship. And with Jesus, everything is relational. With Jesus, it is always relational with him. Everything comes from a relationship with Jesus. And relational learning is never fast because it's a process. It's a series of steps. It's a series of conversations. How many of you have had conversations with God? Where you couldn't understand one thing and you were like, I don't understand where I'm at. I don't understand what I'm going through, but God, let's have a conversation. That's relationship, right? You know that, and, and it takes time to do that. And we need to be intentional and disciplined even in our walk as we are yoked with Jesus. Amen. So it's a series where you get closer and closer to the person. So, I mean, 25 years of being yoked to my husband, you know, and we're still learning. Eh? Uh, okay. <laughs> so 25 years. Oh, my goodness. So here in this learning, and I'll talk to you. Uh, okay, still have time. This learning, this is important. Get this. This learning starts from who Jesus is to us. This learning starts from who Jesus is to us. Our starting point, this will help all of us. It's helping me. Our starting point in this relationship is who he is, what he has done, who we are in him. That's our starting point. This needs to get settled in our hearts. So we start from a positive. We start with confidence. We start with certainty in a relationship. Because you know what? God is already invested in us. He, I mean, he's already given his all. He's already given Jesus. He doesn't really necessarily have to prove it. He's already done it. He's already done that. And we need to start this relationship with him if we're to build trust, knowing who he is, what he has done for us, and who we are in him. That has to be the starting point, or else you will have a very, very difficult time walking with Jesus. Because there will be emotions. You will be double-minded about who you are. Oh, why... I don't understand. I've been praying for like 30, 30, 30 years, or maybe not, three years, four years, and he's not answering. Maybe he doesn't love me. Uh, 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 uh. Get it settled from the beginning. The starting point of your learning with God is that he already loves you. We need to enter into this relationship so we start out with certainty and confidence so we are closer with him. 
We need to enter here knowing that God loves us unconditionally, that he is for us and not against us. You need to start with this church. Those of you online, you need to start your relationship with this, knowing God loves you unconditionally. He is not against you. He is for you. He has good plans for you. His plan is to prosper you, not to harm you and give you a good future. You need to know that he saved you completely. It is a perfect salvation. Perfectly, completely, wholly saved. This is what he did for you. He saved you. He rescued you from hell. He gave you benefits. He has given you an inheritance. This was planned before you were born. You need to start your learning from that point. Come on now. Why? Because this will empower us to start a process of learning with him and walking with him that is more effective, that is more joyful, and that is more relational. Because then it will not be about your performance. I have, I have to do this so that, no. Get it settled in your heart. You're already loved. You're already chosen. You're already accepted. Amen. It's so important what we think about God and how he sees us is the most important thought we are ever going to have in this relationship with God. How you perceive him today is how you will receive him. I'll say that again. How you perceive him is how you will receive him. Do you perceive him as good? You're going to receive good. And even if things seem to not be going your way, you're saying, no, but my God is good. This is temporary. The symptoms in my body are temporary because what? God is healer. I perceive him as healer. Therefore, I receive him as healer. What you perceive about God is the way you will receive him. And we must never, ever have a thought about God that does not magnify his love. Never, ever, ever entertain a thought about God that does not magnify his love for you. Throw that away. Settle it in your hearts. You are loved by God. There's just so much negativity in this world. It is so toxic right now. We see the negativity affecting our health, and not just our physical health, our mental health. I, I know uh, we have mental health matters every Thursdays at 7 o'clock, and we have a lot of people coming in. I know a lot of people who have actually gone to, uh, to FAB and actually said, I, I, need, I, I need counseling because there's a lot of mental stress happening. There's a lot of negativity. It's toxic. And this negativity, it attacks our internal peace. It attacks even our faith. That's what happens. It creates fear, shame, anxiety, judgment. Because the world out there will try to tell us who we are based on our pedigree, based on our circumstance, based on our finances. And that's why we're worn out. That's why Jesus has come to me. All you who are worn out, burn out on religion, right? Because we always feel we are trying to live up to the expectation of others. So how does God in our relational learning... How does God change that in us as we get closer to him? He does it by never being negative about us. That is so strong and powerful. How does God change that? How does he take us away from that? He does it by being, never being negative about us. Do you know that God got rid of everything that was working against you? I'll say that, oh, my goodness. I'm like, 
I know I've studied this, I've read this, but saying it out loud, God has gotten rid of everything that was against you. He's gotten rid of that. Look at Colossians 2, 13 to 15. And you know why he did that forever? Because again, he doesn't want you double-minded. You know, double-minded, does he love me? Maybe not, you know, parang he loves me, he loves me, not. Love. no. Colossians 2, 13 to 15, look at what he did. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven, forgiven, past tense, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out, wiped out, past tense, done, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. He's taken away things that were contrary to us. He's taken away that which was against us, and he has taken it out of the way. He has taken the barrier out. He has bridged the gap, so there is no hindrance in our getting closer to him. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So when you hear the voices of the enemy say, oh, you're no good, you're not valuable, you see what you did, look at your past, you know you're not worthy, you're not that, guess what? God has already disarmed that. He has disarmed principalities and powers. The enemy is defeated. We shouldn't be listening to his lies anymore. Remember your starting point. You are already loved. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. He has taken the old man out. It's dead. That which was going against us, the sin nature. So that's our starting point in this relational learning. We don't deal with the old man. It's dead. Do you, do you understand? Oh, I have to fix it. And I understand, and I'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. But the old man is dead. So forget the old man. We are dealing with the new man. That's who we're dealing with. The, the messages of Pastor Edwin, Pastor Joey, Pastor Giselle, Pastor Stephen. It all has something to do with the new man. This is not about the old man. We're not trying to revive the old man and say, come on, old man, I'm going to fix you up. I'm going to make you look better. I'm going to make you walk holy. No, no. Gone, dead, passed away. New man. We're talking about the new man. This is how to be led by the Spirit of God. We are led by the new man. Hallelujah. So we are learning how to live from the new man. Deal with everything from that. Start with that. Deal with that. So you, you, you are not the sick trying to get healed. You are the healed of the Lord contending for your wholeness. It's different, right? Right? It's like, oh, I'm sick. I need to get well. Okay? Change perspective. Change perspective. You are the healed of the Lord. That's your space. That's your place. You are the healed of the Lord and you are fighting sickness off. We have a symptom in your eye. It's not that, oh, I'm sick, so I'm in this place, and that's, that's wellness. So I'm sick, I'm trying to get back there. No, you're already here. 
You're already in your inheritance. How many of you know divine health is an inheritance? You're here, and when sickness tries to come, this is your starting point. I am the healed of the Lord. Sickness, you cannot remain in my body. It's a whole different perspective. When you think about it, why? Because your starting point is from the new man, not the old man. You are not defeated, but you are a warrior fighting from a place of victory. So different when we shift our place of learning. It's from the new man. It's like, remember I said, God is teaching us to live like royalty. When a prince or a princess is born into a palace, that person, that baby is already a prince and a princess, right? Nobody's going to dispute that because they're born of royalty. But they need to learn how to live like one. They need to learn the manners, the ways of walking, you know, like a prince, a princess, eating properly, etiquette, right? Guess what? And they don't learn it outside. They learn it in the palace. They learn it where they were born. They have a different space where they learn. They have a different place where they learn. They're not just taught by anyone. They're taught by royalty. Isn't that the same with us? How many of you here, you know your royalty? Come on, we're born into royalty. We are sons and daughters of the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We are born into royalty. Therefore, our place of learning is within that space. By the Spirit, so he's teaching us to walk like this. And he's saying, you're already a princess. You're already a prince. Settle that in your hearts. You already have an inheritance. You are already loved. You are already accepted. But I will teach you to live from that place. I will teach you to live from there. God has put us in Christ. So no matter what is going on in our lives, no matter what is going on in our lives, God sees us as he sees Jesus. No matter what's going on. Why? Because you're already royalty. So we start from acceptance. We start from acceptance. We do not work for acceptance. That's different. This is the empowerment to change, where change comes from. This is the empowerment to change, to rise up. This is where it comes from, knowing that we're not working hard to be accepted by God. We're not working hard. Oh, we're so trying so hard to be loved by God. No, we're not working towards it. We're working from it. You see that perspective? It's very different. Why? And, and you need, you need, I'm, I'm speaking to myself too because we will fail. We will fall. We will make mistakes. We will get offended. We will get angry. We will do all these things. I'm already telling you that. We are not perfect, right? But what empowers us to respond by the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit, is that we know we are already loved. We're already accepted. We're not walking towards that, but we are walking from that revelation. Religion tries to... <laughs> I love this. Religion tries to fix what you are not. Oh, you have to do this. Because religion is about performance. Religion is about, oh, you have to do this. Do this before you get this. Right? It's old covenant thinking. That's what religion does. It tries to fix what you're not anymore. It's like, okay, you have to do this so you'll be loved by God. You have to do this so that you will be accepted. You have, and it's like, what? You're trying to fix what, we, we're not that anymore. We're not that anymore. That's why I love the song, Jaira. I'm already loved. Right? 
I'm already chosen. I know who I am. What's next? Yes. Amen. We need to live from that. Amen. So God says, come closer to me. Come closer. Learn. Let me say something about, because you're like, um, well, you know what? I know I'm born again, but I still, I still do sin. I still, yes, we still miss the mark, right? So we're not perfect. But there's a difference between a sin nature and a sin habit. You don't have a sin nature, but you have a sin habit. What do I mean? These are things that you learned. These are things that you've been doing prior to being So like it's, it's, it's this habit. It's like, oh, oh. But the difference is this time when you do it, you're like, ooh, that wasn't right. Ooh, there's conviction now. Not condemnation, conviction. There's a difference. Not when you fall, you make a mistake. Ah, oh, wow. And the Holy Spirit convicts you. That's not who you are. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Come on, live out from that. Live out from that. It's so different the way God teaches us. That's why he wants us to come closer. So it's not a sin nature. It's a sin habit. Obviously, we do not change overnight. So there's these learned things, behaviors from way back that need to be adjusted, that need to be taken out. But right from the beginning, again and again I will tell you, but right from the beginning, God has totally accepted you already. Totally accepted you. And the enemy will always bombard you with things that you are not. You are not anymore. And he will use your failures. He will use your performance to try to prove everything except what God says about you. He'll try to use that. But I love this. God works. This is how God works in relationship. God works on what is missing in you as you are accepted in the beloved. And he works. He fills the gap as you are accepted in the beloved. So we're not learning from a negative, but from a positive. We're learning from God's heart for us. That's the difference. And that's why we need to get closer. Amen? Let me tell you this. Uh, I remember Pastor Giselle's message, his message um, on my son, I'm always with you. You're always with me, right? He said this to the son in the house. He said, son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Remember that when you pray for something. Don't go to God begging. Oh God, please. Oh God, I hope. No, your starting point in prayer is always, son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Can you imagine how your prayer life is going to change? If you're starting by, I mean, you're going to come there. The Bible says, come boldly before the throne of grace. How can you come boldly? You can only come boldly if you know, my son, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. Yay! Come on, God. And you come boldly with no fear, with no shame, with no con condemnation because you already know. And you might say this, oh, the time, the time, the time. Right? And this might be a question because let me read uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Can you give me five more minutes? Because there's a point I want to hammer in. Well, you really don't have any choice because I'm still talking. So 2 Corinthians 3.18 in the Amplified. It says here, again, walking with God, learning with God, our, our, our journey of transformation. And all of us as with unveiled face because we continue to behold in the Word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord 
are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, it says here that we are being transfigured into his image. And you might ask me, but pastor, I thought we were already in his image. I said we were already image bearers, but why is there an ongoing transformation? I mean, what's that? So that might be a question. Well, two things, very quickly. In the matter of our ongoing transformation into becoming like Christ, right? We want to be Christ-like. So in a matter of doing that, there are two things at work. First, there is how the Father sees us in Christ, right? Finished work. That's the first thing in our ongoing transformation. It is how the Father sees us. The second thing is how we see ourselves as we go through the process of change. So two things are happening right now. There's already who we are in Christ, and then there's that journey in becoming who God sees us. To so be like, hmm, how does that work, all right? God deals with us in terms of who we are already in Christ. That's how God sees us, who we are already in Christ. This is an eternal work. It is already completed in Jesus. So the Father deals with us in the context of eternity, Understand that. Uh, the verses, Ephesians 1, 3 to 7, you can read that. You are chosen. You are accepted in the beloved. You are an inheritance, right? Chosen from before the foundation of the world. You can read that. That's our position in Christ. But also the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been talking about walking by the Spirit? So the Holy Spirit deals with us in the context of the here and now. Why? Because it is the Holy Spirit now that teaches us how to live according to who we are. That's what's going on. That's two things, all right? We are in Christ learning to be Christ-like. We are princes and princesses of God learning to live like royalty. I love Galatians 5.16. I believe Pastor Joey, uh, remember Pastor Joey going through these verses. But I say... Walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit deals with our here and now. Just as the Father, even right now, sees you as complete, perfect, holy, guiltless, blameless. Now the Holy Spirit working with God, this is what He does. Walk, live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. So do you see those two things working in our journey, in our relational journey with God? And Jesus, do you know what He does? He intercedes for us. Jesus stands in the gap between our present and our future interceding for us. Hebrews 7.25 in the Amplified says, Therefore, he's also able to save forever, completely, perfectly, for eternity, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede and intervene on their behalf. I love that. In this relationship, this closer relationship, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, is all working in this relational journey that we have with Him. This learning is with us, the whole of the Trinity. Can you imagine that? Hallelujah. And so when we understand the dynamic of walking in the Spirit, I'm telling you, our lives are going to 
be freer, lighter. Yes, there will be challenges. Yes, there will be those times when you're like, oh God. But if you start from the truth of who you are in Christ and what He has done for you, your relationship, He's saying, you will learn to live freely and lightly. And so for those of you here, I just like to repeat this invitation in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, come to me closer. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And as I end, I want to give an invitation for those of you who are on site and for those of you who are online. Because this relational journey starts with you receiving Jesus in your life as Lord and Savior. All you need to do is believe in what He has done, that He died for you. He was buried, He was resurrected so that you could live a new life. And all you have to do is say yes to Jesus and receive Him as Lord and Savior. So right now, on site and online, I'd like to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So right now, repeat after me, Father in heaven, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that He came to take my place and pay the penalty for my sin and shame. Jesus, I believe in what you've done for me. And today, I receive you in my heart as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you, Jesus, for this new life that I have in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.